Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, another episode of Les Experts. I'm saying that terribly, sorry. Um, we've got Arjun Prandeep. Um, hey, ciao. Good to have you. Um, we've got Haider Ajar. Yeah, you, you, you pretty much got the name, almost. You got that name, yeah. What did I get wrong? You got the Azhar part wrong. Said so like uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Heather is fine. You know, it's sort of like the female name Heather. Just emphasize on the R. Heather Azar. Has- that's fine. That's Azar. fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sorry. And um, Marco Messina. Perfect. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I'm Italian like you, so um, also if you haven't checked out Marco's uh, channel, Italian Football TV, check it out. It's an amazing uh, project. Thank you. Um, so, you know, usually we do uh, broad discussions on either leagues or um, just uh, football in general. But this, this time we are going to do a, a specific discussion on Juventus, on Juventus only. And, you know, it's funny, when I, uh, when I got you guys up for this podcast, uh, you know, I, I organized it all. Um, I had no idea that this story that we'll probably spend the entire podcast talking about was even going to happen. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into that. Um, Leonardo Bonucci is officially an AC Milan player. Yeah, I'm with Marco. I, so, A nightmare. Yeah, tell me how you guys are feeling. I mean, uh, Arjun, I think you should go ahead first. It's, it's just a nightmare. I, I mean... In all senses, it's been handled really poorly. I think that whatever diplomacy was involved in the whole process, it, it was it was very poor. And I think that we need we need one fresh face, preferably a legend like Del Piero, mm. who can somehow bridge the gap between the first team and the management, or the first team and the coach. Because I think this is an area of a small concern for me. Okay, yeah. uh, if, if I may over here, uh, Arjun, yes, it's been handled poorly and it's really frustrating as a Juventus fan to, you know, have to see a big name leave every summer. And obviously no one was expecting Bonucci to leave. But as far as having a club legend come in, I think you have a certain former number 11 there who's doing a fairly good job. I mean... <laughs> He's, he's helping you sign players and he's helping you speak to the players and obviously the players listen to him. But what, what I want to talk about, what I want to say about the whole Bonucci episode is that, okay, sure, there, must, there have been rumours going on ever since this, the Champions League final. In fact, even before that. And it's perfectly fine, okay, if you want to throw the book at someone. But then there are certain players, you give them a bit of leeway. And... and for me, Bonucci was one of those, and I have a really soft, I have a soft corner for him. I mean, and it's just, it's baffling, it's heartbreaking, it's disappointing. Yes, you will have a million tweets saying that have faith in the management who has done so well, but I mean, you, you have to raise your hand up when you feel that they've made a mistake. And I think this is a mistake, and it's clearly, it has a lot more to do with the environment in the dressing room than anything else. Yeah. Good point. 
Yeah. Uh, I agree with both of you guys, honestly. I think that, uh, you know, Bonucci, it's a, it's a difficult move because it's not like a Pogba or a Tevez or, or one of those guys leaving. You know, Bonucci, we watched him grow. We watched him from that terrible defender in 2010 <laughs> into the champion that he became. And, you know, we're, you know, it's very emotional. It's like, to me, the most uh, rep- representative thing it could be is like when Conte left Juventus. Like, that's how close I was from Conte. And, and Bonucci. So, of course, it's tough. And you're going to a rival team. And I'm a little bit torn on, on what I believe. You know, is it the management's fault? Is it Bonucci that he didn't want to say? Is it Allegri that, uh, that he got into a fight with for the reason he left? And it's hard to, to tell as a fan where we don't know all of the information. But uh, right now, it's still, uh, you know, about to be official. So, it's, it's tough to talk about, you know? And, I mean, no. You've signed uh, a few great players this summer. Let's not forget that. You've signed uh, Douglas Costa, Patrick Schick, uh, Rodrigo Bentancur. Am I missing anyone? Schick's uh, not official yet. So, yeah, the, the Schick's case is kind of, it's pretty serious right now. He was, like, he actually underwent medicals 21 days back when mm-hmm. he was involved with, with Czech Republic in the Euro. But then... The Juventus uh, doctors, they found out that he, he had a heart problem. So, mm. Sam weren't convinced. They thought, no, this can't be the case because the player, like, he, he went ahead and he played for Czech Republic two days later. So, they scheduled a medical visit. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Sam's doctors were there. Juventus doctors were there. And even a Kony consultant was there. And reportedly, they they still found the heart problem. And apparently, it's it's not as serious so as to stop him from playing altogether, but it's quite serious for him to take a break of at least 45 to 60 days, which means the deal may actually not happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I read it somewhere as well. I mean, that uh, maybe they might look into um, getting him on loan during the winter uh, transfer window. But Arjun... What about his rounds of medic? Uh, I mean, the medicals that he took yesterday. Because I read somewhere that he cleared the, the morning session and was waiting for the afternoon session. And then obviously the whole Bonucci story broke up, so no one really yeah. cared for what happened. That to sheep. but yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, reportedly, he, he after yesterday's medical visits, they still found heart problem. So the heart problem is serious, but it's not as serious so as to keep him out, you know, forever. It's it's pretty serious enough for him to take a therapeutic break for about 21, I mean, sorry, 45 to 60 days, which is basically two months. Yeah. Um, so do you expect Chick to join? I mean, that seems like only a minor delay. I would still ex- expect him to join. They are, now they're trying to reformulate the whole deal with Sam and Sam are mad right now. They're pretty furious. They're like, you know, the deal was done. We, you know, like, because they're, they're, the deal with Schick was done, they, mm-hmm. they identified his replacements. Now, because Schick's deal isn't going through, their, their Mercato is stalled right now. So, they're, they're pretty furious. I think at the end, yeah. it's going to go through, though, to be honest. I think that, uh, you know, like, he, like Arjun said, you know, there's some problems with his medical tests. Um, it's not that crazy serious. And they are trying to change it to a loan. I heard the same thing as as you. Uh, but I have a feeling that Sheik is going to go through at the end. He's a fantastic player, and I, I hope it does go through. 
Too. I mean, even even if he doesn't join them right now, I mean, uh, with Piazza scheduled to join, I mean, to be their match fit in the next month and a half or so, it's not going to be that big of a loss right now. Plus, with Douglas Costa coming in, you can sort of like have Manzukic play either on on the wing or as a backup to Higuain uh, through the middle. So, I mean, I'm not too concerned about that. I'm I'm more concerned after the whole. Benucci episode. I'm more concerned about the legs, the legs in our uh, in our uh, defense. I mean, because Barzali, yes, he's he's. Uh, I love him. He's a legend and everything. But you could clearly see that he was struggling um, towards the end of the season. He doesn't have the legs anymore. Yes, he's intelligent. And Chiellini, I mean, he's on the wrong side of 31. I, what he's 32 or something like that. So, Rugani, again, missed a chunk of the season because of his injuries. There are, yes, there are reports of Kaldara being called back. So, I'm a lot more concerned now about the defense. Yeah, no, that's a great point you brought up. Because, I mean, Barzali, you know, he's maintained his genius really over the years um, with his just sheer intelligence, even as he's declined physically. But as we saw against Real Madrid, uh, he doesn't have the legs, I think, to compete at the highest level and uh, with Bonucci without Bonucci um, that's that's a huge drop in, in quality I mean whoever you're gonna sign uh, I I don't think they'll sign anyone I personally think they'll bring back Mattia Caldera but uh, what do you guys think do you think you may uh, sign anyone to make up for this Bonucci loss for me Bonucci he won't be that big a miss in Syria because we kind of managed pretty well without him for three months when he was injured. And Rugani Rugani is an amazing talent. And like this, I hope that this is the season that he that the manager trusts in him and gives him a responsibility. For me, the problem will be in Champions League because there's not Akirini is good, but he has fitness problems. Yeah. Barzagli, I'm not so sure if he has the legs anymore, you know, to like especially like you 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 play a top in intense game in March. I don't think he has a legs for it, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm scared about that. So I think we may need to consider a top defensive acqu- acquisition. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And if you're listening to some of the reports from like La Stampa, they're talking about Manolas and Devray. And I know my partner over here; he's smiling. I see him <laughs> in the background because he's Greek. And he would love for Manolas to join Juventus. Uh, but I think that, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely cause for concern. Can Caldara, are you going to bet on Caldara and Rugani to lead the way? And I think Bonucci, besides just his technical abilities, the leader that he's been for this Juventus for such a long time in that back line, I think his attitude, um, you know, maybe you say he has attitude problems, but his leadership, I think that's going to be a strong point and uh, they need to fix that. And we'll see what Allegri does. I mean, I'm sure they've known this for quite some time. They didn't find this out 24 hours ago. So yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> like the unlike the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Marco, you retweeted Kilini's sister. Yeah. Uh, that 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 wonderfully amazing tweet by by his sister. Yeah. What are your comments on that? So that definitely means that everyone is, for lack of a better word, pissed at this. Yeah. I'm, I listen. We just recorded something for our channel, and me and my partner disagreed on this. Uh, pretty strongly, you know, Kelini's sister, if you guys didn't know, Kelini's sister posted saying, we wanted you as our captain. We want you as our symbol for the club. Symbol, Instead, yeah. um, money always wins. 
so basically saying that Bonucci left Juventus for money, and there's reports that he might even get eight million euros a year plus two million in bonuses. Yeah, making like what? That, that's five a lot. Half, yeah, five and a half at Juve. So I think that I think it's a mixture of everything. We've heard the the talk that you know he hit Dybala in the locker room, that he had these problems with Allegri, and now the money. I think it's a, a bit of everything, and yeah. it, it, it's confusing. You know, you want to hear this side from. You know, Chiellini is a starter for Juventus. He obviously knows Bonucci very well. And it's for his sister to tweet something out like that or post on Facebook, whatever. you got to think that she knows something on the inside that we don't know or that even the newspapers don't know. I... But then again, I mean, if you, if you look, sorry, sorry, Arjun, for cutting you there. But if you look at the, um, but if you look at recent history, every single time that we've let a player go, you sort of like played the media in such a manner that we've saw, we've we've always thrown the blame on the player and yeah. the circumstances around them. I mean, be it Pogba, we kept on saying he's not for sale unless he wants to go. Vidal, we made we made the circumstances seem as if it was his choice plus his disciplinary issues. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always been that way. I think the only only player who got a clean break uh, was Perlo. I mean, that's the only name I can think of. And because Tevez. even with Tevez, he went to Tevez America. Too. Tevez too. Yeah. yeah. Tevez too, yes, obviously. You're right, but, but, but like, I think, I think it's a, just a little bit different with Bonucci because Pogba, I mean, listen, we banked on Pogba. He was not worth the price that they sold him for. So, of course, you sell Pogba. Vidal was, was a, a sell, sale that I never wanted to go, but again, they say disciplinary reasons. And I definitely think that what you said, you know, Juve's kind of like PRing everything. They yeah. say that only if the player wants to leave. And you have to keep culture at a club like Juve. You know, you don't want to keep a rotten apple, as they say, inside the club. And on one perspective, I completely agree with you. I, I think that sometimes you do have to take a stance and say, listen, let's figure this out. And maybe they are too lenient. But on the other hand, you want to not let that trickle down into further into the squad and not let it known that that's good. But it's definitely cause for concern because if I think ahead – and I think, what's going to happen with Dybala next season, you know? Is it always going to be this constant repeat? And it's scary that, uh, what is it, July 15th is tomorrow. And uh, if you're a Juve fan, you know that July 15th hasn't been a very yeah. good day for us recently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to get your uh, opinion on this. Um, you know, last summer, uh, Juve spent an incredible amount. Uh, very unusual for them, but they spent an incredible amount of money on Gonzalo Higuain, um, and at the same time, they, of course, let Paul Pogba go for a record-breaking amount of money. Um, if you had to do it over again, would you, would you do the same? Would you keep Pogba, um, you know, hold a, ha- hold a hard line uh, against Manchester United and all the other clubs and keep Pogba and just go with, I don't know, maybe Mandzukic and Dybala, same thing? Or would you repeat that? Would you sell Pogba for what United are offering and, uh, and, and bring in Iguain. We're bringing someone else. Who wants to have a go at that? Oh, considering, you know, that, uh, considering that Pogba went for a lot of money and, like, I look into Juve's finances and mm-hmm. I have to say, you know, that, that sale really has taken a lot of UA's shoulder. If I had to do it all over again, I actually would because Ryan has he's been the MVP. Like it's not just you know like he scored a lot of goals, but he scored goals in games that are mattered. 
and he scored them consistently and i mean piazza got injured in feb so we have we pretty much had to play like iguain for throughout the season and i think he's missed just two games so he's he's taken a lot of responsibility on his shoulder and he's actually delivered so i know you know like many people are going to say that he's not he he doesn't perform in finals i mean of course he deserves criticism for that but we wouldn't be in a final if he wouldn't if, if he wouldn't put us there so i would personally do it all over again either same here i mean i i do it all over again and if i had to take a stand against any player's sale it would be for bunucci i mean because that makes sense for pogba it really didn't because we always knew that uh, pogba wasn't going to stay around for long like deep down we know dibala is going to isn't going to stay around for long i mean it's 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 the same thing i mean but let's let's be honest and and someone was tweeting i th- i think it was uh, rav who tweeted this and he said that you know for the past 6 years the one thing that we've relied on has been our defense and that has been our foundation so whatever you do you don't break that foundation right all other players yeah. yes they come they go but the foundation has been consistent this is where i mean so i would definitely as far as higuain is concerned i had question mark i had questions in my mind i had doubts whether higuain would be the right signing wanted them to go for someone else but higuain i'm glad has proven me wrong he's been really really good the team has played better with him he's scored goals out of nowhere in certain instances so he's he's a guarantee for me up front but if i had to take a stance it would be for the likes of bunucci for the likes of kelini and in fact frankly speaking even for someone like uh, marquisio that's it no one else is that pogba pogba had to go man pogba had to go dibala what about dibala would you do the same for dibala do what no do the same that uh hyder was offering do for chilini and marquisio to you know take that hard line would you do the same for dibala i would yeah i would because he is he's the face of the company right now that's true he is he's the he's the person that he's the guy that that the club is building the project on so if if they sell him then i don't know like they lose everything because this is the starting point for them dibala represents a major starting point for them something because they were speaking of him emulating del piero's legacy and that's a lot because this this has come from the club and the director general marota he said that there are conditions for dibala to to do the distance like del piero did so that should speak a lot i feel like i feel like i've heard that a lot though in, in the past and and listening to like all these stories like you can't you can't believe it like it's very hard and and i'm not yeah, saying that against you arjun you know i want dibala to stay and to and to build that and a part of me does believe that he would uh but just looking at the facts and just to comment on the pogba situation i think the problem was not selling pogba and buying gonzalo iguain i think it was selling pogba and not getting another midfielder who brought that physicality in our midfield that we needed that was what's lacking i would 100% sell pogba over again and get gonzalo iguain and i think too many juve fans look at the season as a sort of failure when Juventus won six consecutive scudetti a thing that no team in italy has ever done and went to the champions league final and lost to the better team 
say it as it is, Real Madrid were the better team. And when you get to the final, it's, it's kind of 50-50. You can't say the season's a failure just because you didn't win the Champions League. Juventus got to the Champions League, deserved to get to the Champions League, and is building. And I just think that it's kind of like, it seems like an excuse to me at some times. No, and even if we look at it from a business perspective, the last two or three years, we've been making a lot of money as far as Champions League is concerned. I mean, Arjun definitely knows more about the finances than I do. So even last year, the statement from Marotta was that we really don't need to sell Pogba to buy Higuain. Yeah. So whatever happened there, let's just, I mean, let's also keep into consideration that if we're talking about it, because the UA model has been discussed a lot, I mean, internationally as a, as a sporting model. And that's primarily because they've done smart business. But when it comes to the performance on the field, okay, this is the first time that we reached the final no one was expecting that. This time around, before this Champions League actually started, the purchase of Higuain made us one of the favorites. It, it actually made us part of the conversation that, okay, if it's not going to be uh, Real, Barcelona or Bayern, then Juventus is going to be the fourth team that can compete for this uh, championship. So as far as that is concerned, as far as the business model is concerned, I have no problems. But now let's look at where we need to reinforce. So yes, we need a fullback. That's, that's clear. We need a fullback. Now, I mean, are you guys comfortable with Rogani, Chiellini, Barzali, and I mean, with, with Benatia as your centre-back? Frankly speaking, I am okay with it, but it just means that no more back three for us. Because we just don't have the depth for that anymore. Are you well, comfortable with Kadira and Pjanic as the same pivot, or are you going to go with a? You want to get another midfielder like Matsuidi or Emerick Chan or? Uh, get out of here! That's my guy. Get out of here! Yo, if we can't, that's the guy. That is the guy to sign. I'm telling you now, Marco Verratti is the player. I think Juventus need that midfielder. That was a big concern for me, honestly. That, that was the weakest part for me last season was in the midfield, and I, he, I would love Verratti. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of fascinating on Verratti. The thing is, on Verratti, in Italy, the perception about him isn't that much. There's, there's, there isn't that big a wow factor about Verratti. But outside of Italy, there are a lot of people that want to see him at, at Juventus. But in Italy, the fans aren't that convinced about him to come to UA because... For starters, he hasn't played in Syria, and apparently his Italian isn't that good. No, and he lives in France. So that I, I interviewed him in Italian. His Italian is great. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I've been reading and listening to people. That there's actually a lot of variety agenda. I, 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 uh, I think from I the think UA Italian, perspective, I think the Italian strange, fans you know? usually don't usually don't rate small players that much. I mean, Giovinco got the same stick. He never got the, <laughs> he got no the same stick. No question Verratti's ability. He's done in the Champions League. Yeah, he, he's an amazing Italy. player. He, he is, he's, a really, he's a really amazing player. But for me, it, it's just fascinating to see, you know, the perspective of Verratti in Italy and outside of Italy. It's, it, like, it's actually pretty different, especially in, in the Juventus sector. Let's, let's remember... All back, those, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, it's fine. I was just I just wanted to come back to you know the transition that happens every one or two years. For me, like this is a complicated matter because it's it's a delicate issue. 
is it the reason why we are actually successful because we're making a lot of changes adding new stimulus new energy into the team or is it something that's holding us behind because mm. this this is a this is a question that needs to be answered i did i did tweet about this where i was i was reading a book on guardiola and there it was mentioned you know like he had a discussion with so alex ferguson and Guardiola had some problems and he he confronted Ferguson and that's when he asked him what do I do do I just leave or do I change players in order to continue mm-hmm. and I think in my opinion I think Allegri is opting for the other way around where he's 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 changing players in order to be more successful because I don't think we had the same problem under Conte but we weren't this successful as well so I think that's the, that's why i said it's a complicated matter is it the reason that's why we are succeeding or is it something that's preventing us from reaching the absolute top which is to win the champions league what do you guys as, as far as as far as the turnover of players is concerned i mean if i'm not mistaken that's also what uh, lippy and uh, moggy used to say the same thing i mean they said that you need to make sure that the squad is hungry enough but do you do that after a continuity for a certain time i mean you haven't had that continuity with the exception of the defense it at juventus i mean look um, look at the players who started the 2015 final uh, and and the players who started this final you had nine different players if i'm not mistaken marco i think there were nine different players right who started this time round yes. so i mean as, as as far as that is concerned to be honest with you i don't think that's the case plus after the whole vidal statement i'm not even the statement made by legri that oh vidal was an opportunity on the market which we exploited i don't think legri is that much of in control of the transfer market himself he just says okay i want a certain type of player and then the management does whatever they feel like doing so i'm not too certain whether it's legri who is doing the overall of the squad it's just that it's been forced on him and one of the things which one of the criticisms which allegri faced during his uh, during the end of his tenure at milan was because they felt that he's the pers- sort of person who agrees to whatever the management throws at him mm-hmm. so i think i mean i'm not too certain whether allegri is the person behind this yes okay getting bonucci benched for one game for uh, you know for having an argument with allegri okay that is possible but overall i don't think allegri is the final say when it comes to the overhauling of the squad mm-hmm. yeah it's it's definitely a balance it's not one or the other it's not allegri says this and and that happens you know they take everything into a macro perspective of things and i think that yeah maybe allegri brings up the question like listen bonucci i i can't keep him in the squad what are we going to do and then the juventus management evaluates that from from perspective um and just a comment just to bring back on uh, the verati situation i think just looking at what the fans react uh to to every situation is not the right way to go because if yeah, you remember and and i'll i'll attest to this i did not want allegri and if you remember when conte left there were fans standing in front of the bus cheering we don't want allegri and look what allegri has done with this team you know continuing to build so i think that we can't just look at the fans and the yeah, other managers was like a little bit more than we do yeah that that that's actually quite true because yes the way but funny story so when allegri got announced i had a very public meltdown on live tv 
uh, because I didn't want to leave. And when this, I almost in tears on live TV during the world of transmission. <laughs> no, and I think a lot of I, I remember uh, that scene back in what July 20, 2014. Uh, I know a lot of Juve fans had the same reaction. Um, yeah, but, I mean, he has really made this team. Um, I mean, I, I I know that you haven't won one, but two Champions League finals in in three seasons—that's pretty incredible. Come on, it is. Even, it is. It's it's even more incredible considering that ten years back, eleven years back, we were in B. We were sent yeah. down to B. So, I mean, this is it's, it's something something extraordinary, you know, because six years back. We we endured a 94 million loss, and I don't think some of our fans understand how how much it was because the clubs actually the company has actually made large scale steps. You know they have taken large scale steps in such a short time. Mm-hmm. It's it's something extraordinary. There's no perspective. No one takes perspective into account. I mean, look at Real Madrid. Real Madrid kept Bale on the bench for the entire match and still won the game. I mean, Juventus can bring on Lemina in a Champions League final. I mean, like, have, have some real, like, be realistic about it. You can't judge everything based off the game. Just getting there proves how far Juventus have come. Look at how many teams were above Juventus from 2006, 2007, and where Juventus leap scaled over all of them to get where they are. And I think that you can't just judge it off of a Champions League. And they're still building. They're still building. And like we were saying about changing players and having different stimulus in the team. It's a balance. You can't completely change everyone. You can't completely keep everyone. There are some players who want to stay, who want to build, who want to continue winning, and there are others that don't want. And if they don't want to go, you could go. And this this does come back to bite you because then you look at the Bonucci situation and you're saying, listen, Bonucci says he doesn't want to stay. And for me, a little bit of uh, push, you know? Like you, you want to keep him, you know? You want to keep Bonucci. But then the opposite side of me tells me, listen, if Bonucci thinks – that he wants to go to Milan and play his football over there. No problem. I can't wait until Juventus Milan and then we beat we beat Milan and that's it, you know? And you stick it to that. That's how it's done, right? Okay, so Marco, this question. I mean, yeah. I, I have this one question. So everyone was after Bonucci, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's on record that Chelsea wanted Bonucci uh, towards the end of uh, May, if I'm not mistaken. Barcelona wanted Bonucci. Uh, City have always wanted Guardiola Bonucci. Said it so much. He said it so much. So the fact that he ended up going to Milan, the only reason I can justify that decision is the history of Italian players not feeling comfortable playing outside Serie A. What do you think? I, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. I, I think that it's about his son. You know, we heard, uh, you know, he almost even quit, they say, uh, football because his son was very sick earlier yeah, this year and uh you know some reports say that there's a specialist in italy and he doesn't want to take his family abroad and we know that italians like you said like maybe they do struggle living in london or living in barcelona and he wanted to stay in italy and that i could totally respect and i i could respect the you know a man who who has his own interests he needs to do what's best for his family you know that's completely fine uh but yeah it, it definitely hurts it would have been different to see him go to chelsea or manchester city whatever they were talking about because then you think, listen, he lost his motivation, whatever, but he's not going to direct rival. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely hard. But I think that it's not just because he didn't want to go somewhere. I have a feeling that uh, it's predicated on his family, most of all. Because he could have gotten even more money if he went to – you think Conte was not going to sign Rudiger if he knew that Bonucci was available. Let's be honest. <laughs> Come on. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Juve and Milan uh, spend, you know, making these amazing uh, super teams. And here we've got Inter Milan spending three months trying to sign Dalbert. So <laughs> there, there is reason to be optimistic. I mean, um, but I, I want to get your opinion on this. I, I feel like Juve kind of have the same problem as Atletico Madrid in, in terms of not, not necessarily problem, but in the scope of the best teams in the world, right? So we have uh, teams like Barcelona or Real Madrid or even Bayern, I guess, that, you know, go out and try to be Galacticos, you know, try to sign best players. Juve, I'll be the first one to admit that I've said for years that Juve are the best-run club in football, Um, you know, because they kind of have that uh, image of the plucky underdogs, you know. They they sign all these players for free. Alves, they sign for free. Barzali, they sign for next to nothing. Um, You know, the list goes on and on. Um, But do you think that that kind of mentality – uh, among the club is is what's stopping them from from reaching the final you know the final zenith of uh, of Europe or what? For for me, the reason I mean it's not that we we struggle in Europe. For me, we struggle in European finals, and it's not something that's always been the. It's been happening ever since Marcello Lippi took over. I mean, like I've actually watched. All Juventus finals since 1965. So even even the finals that aren't UEFA competitions, you know, things like Intercity's Fairs Cup. But what I've observed is that you may have a problem with the stars not stepping up. And there was there there there, there have actually only been two or three stars that have stepped up in I think 18 finals or so. And that's that's kind of scary. And that's why you see that. We haven't scored more than one goal in a Champions League final. It's kind of scary if you if you think about it. I don't know why that happens. It's hard to understand why. But that's the reason why we are not at the same level as Real Madrid or Barcelona. It's strange because even Barcelona suffered the same problem as us until Cruyff came. Mm-hmm. And once Cruyff came, it changed everything. I think that maybe we we because we tend to restrict attackers a lot, that takes a toll in the final. I think that's the reason. I I I I sort of disagree there because um, you can. I mean, because your your initial comparison was with Juventus and Atletico Madrid, and with all due respect to Atletico fans uh, all over the world, you need to you need to remember that up till two thousand, uh, as per the ratings were concerned, I don't remember which which study it was, but Juventus was the second most successful club. Of the century, I mean, after after Real Madrid, so Juventus has that rich history. The and as far as the transformation of Barcelona is concerned, yes, Cruyff gave them a new identity, but they still weren't that successful in Europe at least 15, 20 years afterwards. So I mean, let's not so sort of like let's put that to one side right now. But let's talk about Juventus. The mentality, the difference between Juventus and Atletico. Atletico have always strived to be in the top three in Spain. Juventus has always gone on, even during their darkest years, have gone on to genuinely believe that they can win the Serie A. That has always been the mentality there. I mean, you come back from Serie B and the first season, Renieri almost makes you win the, win the league. I mean, let's, let's be frank. So, 
the difference between so, so the, the the letting go of players or the super clubs right now we're living in a unique environment where the top two teams in the world have ridiculous amount of money and have a ridiculous pull as far as attracting players is concerned once this whole messi and ronaldo cycle ends and i think it is towards the end right now once this cycle ends i think juve has set themselves up pretty nicely to be considered in the same breath as these at these uh, as these other teams the only thing is that i would still give this management 3 4 more years you know for them to sort out how they can maximize their uh, merchandise issue how they can maximize television income how they can maximize income from other quarters and then compete with these teams which i believe is quite possible uh for for uae to do in a in in 3 or 4 years but again the drawback is going to be the overall quality of the league that they play in that's not attractive enough for some of these players who rely a lot on flair that's what i personally believe and you know hider um you you made a good point about how uae are very well prepared when the messi ronaldo uh era ends but when the messi ronaldo era ends uh barcelona will have you know neymar who in my eyes will be the best player in the world uh when that era ends uh real madrid have asensio and you know a ton of other uh ballon d'or caliber prospects um will juve have dibala that's the question marco it it's it's hard to say i think that um i wouldn't even compare atletico with juve i feel like juve has been so consistent and we've almost been spoiled by what how well juve has overachieved they have overachieved like you said from second division to second place right away and then that 2011-12 season which is very memorable for us Juve fans to win against a Milan that was so strong i mean we overachieved we're constantly overachieving and uh you know just because of the champions league final so many people have given flack and yeah it sucks man it does suck to lose and i think it's a bit of a mental block where it's in the head of the players you know to to lose a final but i also think it's like i said again you played against barcelona and real madrid we're not talking about dortmund and atletico madrid respect respect to them for getting to the final but you're playing against two of the top teams in the world who have been building for a very long time who have two of the greatest players in the world and who can leave great players that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars for on the bench that's a big difference yeah and I, no i noticed something very interesting in the juve fan base um after after the final um it was it, they weren't sore losers or anything they you know they admitted that madrid were the better team um and everything but i think they were there's kind of a you know a resentment towards juve like how could we let this happen with disappointment we've yeah. never seen i i think everyone could agree on this i've never seen a second half performance like that the entire season and to know how well we've done at grinding out games and and playing beautiful football that was the biggest disappointment that we showed at that second half that we we couldn't go the 90 minutes and yeah like you said real madrid deserved it yeah and 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 to that point you're absolutely right about the reaction this time round we were we weren't so losers because we accepted the fact that those were the worst 45 minutes that we'd ever seen you're talking about one season that was the worst yeah. 45 minutes of my life at least and before that if you re- if you recall the 2015 final i think there was a bit more bitterness there because of the whole morata call on in in one box 
and then them scoring on the counter i think people were more bitter about that but then that was suddenly forgotten simply because of the fact that we overachieved that season as well i mean we no one was expecting us to be there i mean i can't even begin to recall the number of tweets i read about the aging perlo and aging buffon and aging tevez and aging everyone in that team they, they thought i think they thought that even bonucci was 40 something the yeah. way people were tweeting against all of them so we definitely overachieved that overachieved there what happened after that final was people started taking juventus a lot more seriously i was bitter about the quarter final defeat last year to bayern as well the second round defeat i think it was second round yeah yeah, yeah. the second round so i was bitter about that this time around there was nothing but disappointment because we knew deep down that okay we could have we could have won this but we didn't and it's down to us it wasn't the referee it wasn't the other team it was us we played poorly that's it completely agree with that i actually tweeted this you know after the final when we lost we have actually lost it is kind of scary you know it's we have a lot this in our finals and it's it's i mean i don't know what to say like we've had bad finals but this was a worst final we've also been a, in, in those 10 finals too you know every other team besides the one who won were out of that and i think that that that's also to take into perspective too because i'd always rather you know like 2015 my you might have said that you've overachieved and that's true so i'd rather get to that point where you're playing in a final and risk losing it than never getting to that point at yeah, all yeah that's true yeah yeah that's the thing you know that's the other thing that we have actually played a lot of finals but this final is the thing that hurts the most because it's not that we lost it we lost a game that we had in our hand yeah and that's the, that's the reason why it hurts it hurts the most and like i said you know for me i don't think we have a problem in europe anymore to be honest i don't think we have ever had a problem in europe any like ever since uh, trapattoni took over mm-hmm. for me the problem has always been in the finals and especially since 1995 i don't know how many of you have read this article in in last tampa or was it republic i'm not sure but in 1996 before we played ajax in rome there was an amazing article about uh, it pretty much sums up the superstition in in italian football and especially among the uva sector about the taboo of the european cup because we won a first european cup i i to be honest i can't even call it a win when 39 people died so that that's something that takes a mental toll you know so everyone you know that's that's that, that was what was written in the article that this trophy is cursed and when we lost in 2003 del piero came out and even he said you know what this trophy is cursed for me i don't think it's cursed but it's just something you know that's it's it's in the head you know we've got to get over that mental block as marco said and if you want to talk about mental blocks i mean look at real madrid they've never lost the final if you don't think that plays a toll on things then like it does it simply does when you have that belief and real madrid is a team with belief do you remember the final against atletico i mean ramos scoring last second they're a team that believes into the end and it's never it's never easy to win against winners like that so i think that takes a toll and then you see juventus how many finals they've lost and how many they've won and it it's going to get there i don't believe in the curse this you trophy may I'm be actually kind of this this trophy may be cursed but i still want it <laughs> yeah. i still want it <laughs> you know, to be honest with you i 
still want it. <laughs> I actually think that we'll make another final in the next. I'm not sure if we'll make the final in Kiev, but maybe in the next three years, I'm pretty sure we can make one or two finals. Win. It's not that. Win. I'm, Win. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the thing for me. Winning the final is more concerning because I th- we have always been strong over two legs. For me, one-legged finals is something, especially since 1995, that's been a problem. Mm-hmm. But okay. you know, okay, so, um, so, so, yeah, Zach, you were saying something. Yeah, I, you know, there is a huge difference in my opinion between winning Juventus winning the Champions League final with Gianluigi Buffon and winning without. I mean. Uh, how much I, I know that it's it's you make us cry on this podcast, man. <laughs> make you guys cry, but I mean, come on, isn't that a huge thing? I mean, I know, I know, I know. I've seen it on this entire podcast. You guys, are there. Um, I mean, come on, like, how how would you feel if in say in 2019 uh, you guys do the business and finally win the Champions League, but without without Buffon? I mean, you know, every team I feel like. You know, most teams they tend to get their swan song. Where, you know, finally, uh, at, you know, at an old age, the 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 captain finally wins. The Nets he did it with Inter in 2010. Um, Lam, I guess, did it in 2013. I mean, it, that that should be. I think that that's the reason why I think why I'm a bit concerned uh, that Juve are. You know, th- this summer, you know, it's been they've they've signed some good players. They've also lost two starters. I'm I'm concerned that they're not they don't realize the magnitude of this summer because this could be this probably will be the last season that Gianluigi Buffon plays professional football. Um, so I, I really do think that there needs to be uh, a huge focus. You know, maybe even breaking the transfer record again. I don't know, but they they need to make this 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 starting XI at least as good uh, in my opinion as last season, if not better. So, so I, I was deliberately avoiding the Buffon subject. I was, I, I, because I don't want to cry right now because I can't seem to, you know, accept the fact that this is going to be Buffon's last season. And the way Milan is spending, I don't want Chesney to be his replacement. But let's not, let's not get into that. So, yeah, so, okay, so... Yeah, let's 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 accept the fact. Okay, this is Buffon's last season. For if this is Buffon's last season, I think deep down the management knows, Buffon knows that they had their best shot last year, right? They had the best shot when they when they were facing Real Madrid. But now, if we have to look at it from another perspective, you can't. I mean, because get. Buying the best players doesn't necessarily guarantee you a place in the final, right? So they have to do business as usual, right? They have to do it the way they've been conducting business throughout. So I don't think the the emotional aspect of Buffon winning a Champions League is going to play on the mind of the management at least during this summer. So if you do reach the knockout stage, okay, that is when they will start creating a hype because... The Juventus social media team is phenomenal at creating hype. Uh, I mean, and and I love the videos that came out during this uh, Champions League season. So at this point in time, yeah, I mean, all of us want Buffon to win the Champions League. But I don't think that's going to play on anyone's mind right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they a, a lot will depend on the group stage draws and then definitely the knockout draws. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thinking that far ahead. 
I actually said this, you know, that losing the 2017 Cardiff final is going to hurt Juventus more than it hurts Buffon. For me, like Buffon, whether he wins the Champions League or not, it's not going to matter much to him. I mean, it's just another trophy that he has to win. He's he's actually won a European trophy at club level. Of course, it's not the Champions League, but he still has he's won it, and he has yeah. what twenty four trophies to his name. But we have just two European trophies when it comes to Champions League. That's something that's hard to digest. I think he'll be fine. Like I don't think it's his legacy. There's something going. You know, people are going to doubt him or something. I don't think that's the case for me. Like Juventus, a lot of people can doubt because I mean we've played in five times as many finals as Nottingham Forest and. we have as many trophies as them that's something that's very hard to swallow i don't think this is talk for for now to be honest i feel like buffon in his head in his mentality he's always thinking about this year and then afterwards he'll think about that cuz i remember him saying he he thought that 2015 might have been his last year and then 2017 came up so hopefully 2018 he starts getting those thoughts again and uh and they do it but yeah i mean arjun you're right you're right but i think that uh I think Buffon won't be thinking about that. Of course, he wants to win and and be ambitious because it's probably going to be his last year. <laughs> I hope not. So I the first thing I'm going to do after this after this podcast is order my Buffon jersey <laughs> because I now have to get that one. And it's and it's a beautiful color as well, by the way. This time round, it's a beautiful color. And I feel like he's the only guy we could bet on that's not going to leave Juventus. Everyone else, toss <laughs> up. Yeah, he's been through a lot, you know. I mean, from uh, when he joined Juventus, it was crazy because his first two or three games it wasn't that good, and people were, you know, they were criticizing Moji a lot. Oh, you know what? This guy he spent like he spent Zidane's money. You know, he spent like fifty-four million on this on Buffon, and he sold Zidane for sixty-five million. So there was a lot of pressure, but and he he's gone through a lot, you know, through depression. I mean, he he's he's battled a lot. and he's battled a lot for the club and he, i know you know the the word legend is kind of overused right now but but buffon is a legend in, in every sense whether it's in football on the pitch off the pitch as a man in all senses wow i think everybody just wants to cry right now so <laughs> dampening the mood of this conversation as if uh, the Bonucci news wasn't enough to must. I th- I think that um you know you really gain perspective from from this Bonucci move and I tweeted this out you know you really learn what guys like Buffon and Del Piero and Nedved and Camorinet like you understand the value of them and their one team loyalty to a club because it's becoming more rare and more rare as time goes on and, you know you just appreciate it you know yeah yes with relegation they still stay Here's what I don't understand with with the Bonucci saga. He he was offered three times the wages from Man City last year. He rejected it. He renewed his contract in December. I don't think he's that kind of a player to push for the move. For me, I think it's the club that took a hard stand against him to toss him out because let's face it, Juventus are actually in a position to consider the sale of Bonucci and you know what, we'll be fine. but the problem is not a sale it's it's whom we are selling it to and it's to be honest it, it it's it doesn't we're not going to lose that much for me on sporting terms but on marketing terms and on on the signal that we're trying to set you know on the brand that we want to become that takes a big hit for me 
Okay, so about about the whole wages and money thing, obviously that plays a part. I mean, uh, it'd be very naive on on our part to think that it didn't play its role. And the fact that now Bonucci is easily going to be the highest earner in Syria is definitely go, is something for him, good for him. Marco has already said it out loud. Obviously, you have to look out for yourself and for the family, and you can't hold that against against the player. But the thing that I mentioned earlier as well, you know, three times the wages and everything, the same thing happened with Perlo as well. Perlo was offered astronomical wages and uh, he was offered uh, to, you know, uh, buy some of the top clubs in the world. United came after Del Piero, everything. These players realize that, these Italian players especially realize that they enjoy a cult status or a hero status within Italy a lot more. So they stay around. The players, I mean, name the last successful Italian player to play abroad. And the only name you can think of right now is Verratti. That's it. Yeah. Because Cassano didn't do that well abroad. Uh, Balotelli, we all know how Balotelli uh, played. I mean, be it Totti, be it Del Piero, be it even Buffon for that matter. Right, these players were offered significant wages. Yes, loyalty played a played played its part, but then again, they're not comfortable going abroad, and the same thing happened. So, if Juve had to sell him abroad, obviously, they would have gotten better better transfer fee. They would have gotten more money for him. I mean, come on, if players, if if players like Walker or someone or John Stones is going for more money than Bonucci, then there's something definitely wrong there in the transfer market. So the, the thing that I personally feel is that, yes, there was a breakdown in the relationship. Bonucci wanted to stay in Italy, as Marco pointed out, be it for family reasons or for uh, professional reasons. He wanted to stay in Italy. And the only team that could afford to buy him was Milan. And the other They're thing not... is also the World Cup year, right? Because yeah. historically, Nazionale, they don't tend to go for players that play outside of Italy. Mm -hmm. Usually, they tend to rely on players in Italy. So that's... Yeah, but, 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 but it's different when it's the best centre-back in the world. I mean, even if Bonucci yeah, goes... True. Even if Bonucci went to, um, say, Conte's Chelsea and was on the bench the whole year, you would still have them starting with, with the Italian national team. Because, I mean, come on, if Graziano Pelle can start, <laughs> then any player can start. Yeah. No, that's the thing. That's what I was making a point about because for me, Bonucci doesn't seem to be a kind of a player that goes for money because that's what I've noticed from, you know, he's been here for seven years. For me, he, he's the kind of a guy, for me, he feels that he's been disrespected by the club, by the company and he wants to stick it to them and that's why he reportedly, he offered himself to Milan and Inter and because Inter rejected him, he had no other choice but to offer for Milan. I mean, they're not even in like they're in Europa League and Inter are not even in Europe. It's a big step down for him. I don't think he's just doing it for the money. For me, it's 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 also to stick it to Juventus. And this is a kind of a deal where it's either going to take Milan to another level or it's actually going to cause a lot of problems to them financially. So in other words, it's either going to be a Baggio escrate transfer or something like you know, maybe Inzaghi. So hmm. Baggio didn't work out at Milan, but Inzaghi did. Um, yeah, and I think that 
you know, when discussing Bonucci, um, Bonucci, you know, Juve, uh, I remember, you know, they, they were playing kind of a hard line with Pogba. They ended up selling him. But last summer, they would not, by any circumstances, sell Bonucci. Because, I mean, considering that Buffon will, you know, probably leave him, um, Bonucci was seen as the face of the club, or, or I guess maybe a potential face of the club. Um, and for him to leave um, you know, a year after, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of sorry. I just don't think that you know people. We, you know, we saw the Bonucci to City rumors. You know, there was some potential back. You know, back in June. Um, but at the same time, I personally thought. There's no way Juve know how important Bonucci is to them, and now they're gonna sell. They're selling him for less money to a direct rival. Um, it may be Bonucci wants to stick it to Juve um, or stick it to Allegri. Marco, when do you think the first the first rupture in the Bonucci Ventus relationship happens? Uh, before I say that, I just want to say that a week ago. I went on camera two times, one for a Manchester United channel and one for a Chelsea channel, and both told them that there's no way that, uh, that Bonucci leaves Juventus to go to play for one of them. So I was definitely wrong that he wasn't going to leave, right that it wasn't for one of them. And one of my primary bases for this was uh, his family issue. That was what I said for, for the son. So I was definitely wrong about that, and that was just a week ago. Uh, I think that, I mean, we, we know. If you watch Juventus this season, you saw what happened between Allegri and uh, and Bonucci and even Gazette. I remember them reporting that one of Allegri or uh, or Bonucci was going to leave this summer, yeah. uh, even before. And uh, yeah, so I think not that you knew it was coming. You heard the rumors. No one wanted to believe it. Let's be honest. And you scroll through those tweets and you you look away. You look the other way. Uh, but dude, I, I have no answer honestly. And I think that no one has an answer. And I think that. Uh, there's so much unsaid, and everyone's going to have what they want to tell you. La Stampa will tell you one thing. Gazetta's going to sell you another. Sky's going to sell you something else. They're all just looking to get clicks. They're all just looking to try to clarify the story, but no one knows what's going on. And it also depends on which side of the sector they are favoring, because usually Stampa, Tuto, they're pro-Juve, whereas Gazetta yeah. or El Matino, they're anti-Juve. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Whatever. Mean, I mean, it's a huge coup for Milan. I mean, that's the only thing to take out of this. It's a huge loss for Juve. It's a huge coup for Milan. Yep. And uh, even, even though I feel that they're still not going to win the league, it's it's a huge step forward in their project. It's it's uh, it's 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 gut wrenching to even imagine Benucci wearing. The red and black, uh, red and black, instead of the white and black. So I'm, I'm, I am disappointed, but I think it's more of Juventus also trying to convey a message that no one is indispensable at this club. I mean, yes, you hear these things. I, even though I would, I don't want this transfer. I still hope he fails the medical tomorrow. I was just but... going to say that. <laughs> what if he does? What do we do if he fails his medical? Oh my God. Send that guy to we Crotona. make him sit on the bench for the year. We make him sit on the bench. Yeah, I know. I agree. That'd be the crazy. Not even the bench, man. He doesn't get inside Juventus Stadium. <laughs> no, that's gonna be the crazy plot twist to a plot twist if he fails that medical. Because I mean, this is the greatest plot twist of 2017. Bonucci to Milan. Uh, so, <laughs> if he fails that medical, 
boy, that that should be a an Oscar winning movie. I mean, my 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 partner over here, Manolas. If you guys remember, he was supposed to join Zen, and yeah. we spoke about this a little bit. And he's Greek, so this guy he's gonna cry if if Manolas would leave Serie A because he loves Serie A. And he mm-hmm. said Manolas was supposed to be in his medical for Zenit, and he said, "Listen, I'm gonna pray that Manolas doesn't make his medical." It ended up not making it. So I told him to pray that Bonucci stays at Juventus, that, that he feels his medical. But this guy, he wants him to join Milan. So uh, we're a little screwed on that one. And, and by the way, there, there, there have been a lot of medicals which, which aren't going through. I mean, I just read somewhere, I think Bakayoko's medical hasn't... Yeah, I mean, he knees, hasn't made his medical his as well. Guy. Yeah, his knees, reportedly his knees, they have a problem. So... Well, shit. I mean, he's, they're certainly... He failed his medical too. That's, this is going to be... Oh, my God. So, Conte is pretty much no Bakayoko, no Lukaku, no Alexandro, no Bonucci. No Bonucci. <laughs> He's going to leave. He's going to leave Chelsea next year. He's definitely Oh, man. Well, do you think... Do you, how, how long... Uh, you know, you're saying how Conte may leave uh, Chelsea, which is definitely a possibility. How long do you see... Now that Allegri has won the battle against Bonucci. How long do you see Allegri staying at Juventus? If he follows Sir Alex Ferguson's way and if he <laughs> continues to remain successful, I think we could we could see someone that could go for at least seven, eight years. Wow. So, I mean, there are conditions for him to succeed. And this project is pretty long too. And the management's also very patient. You know, they don't just especially with coaches, they're very patient with coaches. They don't just ship out guys because like when Del Neri was our coach, Anneli still wanted to give him another year. But but then, you know, because of the way the season ended, he had to sack him. That's true. The statements I've heard from Allegri's camp over the last year or so suggest that Allegri is not going to stay beyond his current contract. And I would be surprised if he even sees his contract through. So in my that's that's another reason why this Bonucci transfer hits hard because with the episode if if you guys remember from from January onward when when Allegri was being mentioned with Arsenal and all these clubs, right? The one thing those the sort of statements that came out suggested that Allegri isn't going to stay around for long. I mean two years tops and people started talking about Paulo Souza coming in, Baletti. or some other. Who? Or Spalletti. It was a big role. Oh, role yes, Spalletti. <laughs> of course. Yes, Spalletti. I mean, Spalletti was giving statements uh, as if he had already made a decision on joining Juve. So, so, I mean, I honestly don't think that Allegri is going to stay around for two more years. In, in deep down, I would want Allegri to be replaced by none other than Conte, but let's not go there. Uh, but so 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 as far as these things, so this is why the Bonucci episode hurts me more because Bonucci was definitely expected to stay on for a longer duration than Allegri. So yeah, I mean, I don't see Allegri staying around for more more than two more years because simply because I have a feeling one big name is going to fail elsewhere in Europe, and Allegri will be the natural fit there. So yeah. he'll definitely go to one of those clubs before, you know, taking up the Azuri role or something like that. We can't even predict what's going to happen next week. There's no way we could predict if this guy Allegri is going to stay for two years or not. 
Football's crazy these days, honestly. Anything. Yeah, that's true. Anything. But, yeah, but but you know what? I don't think that he's he's gonna leave before the next two years, unless and until you know he yeah. he resigns because everything that's happened in this in this mercato it pretty much signals on how the club is actually satisfying his demands. Before they extended his contract, they extended Manzukic's contract, mm. and then they kicked Alves out. I mean, of course, you know, Alves, he, he wasn't exactly the best professional around. And then now you see Bonucci's gone out. So, I, I mean, even if you see the guys that are, that are signed, Douglas Costa, and Allegri is a big fan of him. And I can understand why, because he's someone that's very technical, that's very quick. Not to, he suits Allegri's system. First season. First, second season. Yeah, the new the new Allegri system. Otherwise, I mean, Allegri has always preferred uh, someone sitting in the hole behind two strikers. I mean, even his coaching uh, thesis was on the three-man midfield and, and I think someone playing in the hole. But anyway, I personally believe right now what Juve needs to do is get over the Bonucci episode as soon as possible. This is the time for Rugani to step up and prove to everyone that he is the next big thing because frankly speaking the under 21 euros weren't something to write home about especially in Rugani's case he wasn't that great so they definitely need Rugani to step up uh Benatia I'm on the fence I don't know if he if if there's a game where he doesn't screw up I'm happy but usually deep down I always have this bad feeling in my stomach that he's about to do something silly and that is going to cost us. So, yeah, I mean, the one thing with Bonucci was after his first two years, his, I mean, the, the, the probability of him messing up went down. Even though, yes, the final in one of the final, you can uh, put some sort of blame on him not clearing the ball clearly. But yeah, so that's the one factor which you will miss in, in Bonucci's absence. And I, I sincerely hope that Rugani turns out to be the player who can replace him. I'll tell you this though about Rugani. Like I've been watching Juventus since 1998. That's when I became a, a football fan. For me, like even even if you consider throughout Juventus history, initially when a player comes into Juventus, whether he's an established player or a young player, he's bound to struggle. And especially at defence, it usually takes a long time for a player to integrate. For me, the way Rugani's developed in the past two years is something crazy. Of course, you know, if you see if you see him on the bench, people are, are going to tell you, you know, what this guy is not starting. But for me, for a young player, I don't I don't look at him for the number of games he plays, but at the level he plays. For me, last season Rugani was ready because he was he was offering guarantees as a starter, and that's something crazy because it's not easy at Juventus. Like you're playing, I mean, first of all, the stadium is amazing. There's a lot of pressure. In the whole Juventus environment, you have to win every game, every battle, and he's standing in front of Buffon. So you know there's a lot of pressure. And last season, he, he actually, the way you saw him develop to to, to shoulder all this responsibilities that was put onto him was something amazing. You know, so I, I think maybe the club does believe in him. Maybe you know what the Bonucci saga. Maybe it's something that the club has constructed and orchestrated to play it out. But why would you do it for Bonucci? Why not 
ship Barzali out. I mean, he's you he, already. <laughs> I mean, you already know that he has left, right? On his contract. The, like Juve's thing for Barzali is that they want him to run his contract down, and he's going to take up an executive role at the club. That's the plan for him and Buffon too. No, I might suggest, uh, if I may, that the the real replacement for Bernucci is not uh, is not Daniele Rugani, but Mattia Caldera. Um, how much would bringing Caldera back soften the blow of of Bernucci leaving for you guys? It won't. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I mean, it depends, you know, because if for me. For me, Rugani is the ideal replacement because Kaldara, I'm not sure how much time he'll take to integrate. I don't know if he can offer immediate first-team guarantees. Rugani's first challenge would be to offer immediate first-team guarantees. If he can do that, then comes the next big thing, which is to play at the top level against top opponents and top games, which is go away to San Paolo, play there, go away to San Siro, play there, Go away to Olympico, play there, and you know, and other stadiums in yeah. Europe like Nou Camp, Bernabeu. Yeah. Good point. Um, I I I just think it's interesting that you know, uh, going back like l- less than a month ago, uh, we we saw it looked like Juve were primed to either buy Donnarumma or to get him for free next summer. Um, and Milan, that really put Milan's uh, summer spree in kind of a tailspin for about a week, maybe 10 days. Um, and now we've got just really the tides have turned. Uh, Milan have signed really one of the faces of uh, Juventus Football Club. Um, so how, how worried are you guys um, that Milan could usurp uh, Juventus's, um, you know, dynasty next season. You think there's a chance, or you think even it'll just be regular business? They will take their seventh in a row. Mark, all right. Um, I think that uh, there's definitely cause for concern. I think that uh, it doesn't happen in one season, but Milan are also laying some very good foundations with young guys like Donnarumma, Romagnoli, Andrea Conti. Uh, I think that they got really good players in, in those guys. And uh, they're serious, man. Their management, although it was criticized by Mino Raiola as being the fake Chinese investors and the anchors <laughs> were the serious ones, it's proved to be the opposite. I mean, in Milan so far have been the ones to deliver, and they got to deliver on the pitch. Uh, I definitely think that Milan are, are pushing up for a rivalry spot, but I don't think it's going to be as easy to get a Champions League spot as many think, let alone a first place. And I think that even Napoli – are an underrated uh, team going around right now that people are maybe not giving as much credit to. And I think that everything's just going to be a little bit more open. I personally think that um, obviously no one can be taken lightly. Uh, The Milan project has been in the works for the past couple of years. Yes, this time around, rather than wasting money on Carlos Baca, they're going for people like uh, Leonardo Bonucci and uh, some 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 other sig- and Conti. I mean, I'm I'm. I think Conti is is a wonderful acquisition for Milan. Um, and 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 the and the the player from Leverkusen. I keep on forgetting his name. 
Hak, um, right, Kalanoglu, Chalanoglu. Yeah, 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 is, is also a wonderful acquisition. But to me, right now, the, the, the thing is that you can't really say anything for certain until we see how Montella actually use, utilizes them. So I'm still going to be very, very skeptic, uh, a skeptical Milan fan. I mean, I would be skeptical if I'm, if I'm a Milan fan. For Juventus, however, sort of like the regrouping every single time is also problematic for me. What I think is, and deep down, this is probably my bias speaking, that Juventus will still come on top. However, it's going to be a lot closer this time around. And yes, you said you cannot... Um, ignored the likes of Napoli and these sort of clubs. But again, on paper at least, right now, if I was playing FIFA or Pro Evolution, I would probably favour Milan over all those other teams to give Juve a run for their money. For, for me, I, I think we, we need to be genuinely concerned about Napoli. For me, they represent the biggest threat because they have a settled team. They have a proper coach. The problem is that when they're expected to win, I'm not sure if they can win. And like apart from Napoli, Inter, maybe like their Mercato hasn't been that good. You know, it's been really bad. But they do have a really good coach who who works his way around uh, around teams. You know, that are really bad. And I think that he's the right guy to make over Inter. It's it's too early to comment on their mercato. I feel. I mean, uh, I mean, they they were kind of they found it hard to to break even with FFP first, and now the whole mercato plan, the strategy has changed. In fact, you know, they were actually offered Bonucci, but I think because of FFP, they couldn't afford him. Isn't there another team in Rome where they have an amazing? Sporting director who just recently joined them and yeah, they're Roma. making <laughs> <laughs> never heard of them before. Never heard of them. And and the fact that Totti left, they might actually win something now. But yeah. You're attacking Francesco Totti. What is this? Absolutely. Come on. Friendly banter. Friendly banter. Friendly. Unfriendly banter. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I think Roma, I think Roma have gone in the wrong direction. Actually, I wouldn't call them. Yeah, you're right. I I, I feel like you know they got Di Francesco. I mean, you're in Champions League. You're the only other Seniati who's confirmed in the Champions League, and they sold a lot of their important players. I'm not buying into it yet. I know Monchi apparently he's done so well for Sevilla. All I hear is how well he's done. Let's see how they perform. Uh, right now, I'm not too uh, worried about Roma, to be honest. You know, I feel like Roma are kind of, to Italy, what Juve are to Europe. You know, it's so good, so consistent, and yet consistently uh, come up second. I mean, I guess that's an insult to Juve, but um, I, I do think that there is kind of that, you know, what do we do now? We've, we've done so much. Um, we, how can we get to the first position? Because, you, you know, remember uh, back in 2014, Roma had that, what, record-breaking... Uh, points total, and it was only because Juve were so dominant that they didn't win the title. And pretty much every other year, yeah, the other year, uh, Roma would have won the title. Um, so yeah, 
let, let me just get what 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 each of you guys think feel is your is your biggest threat to a seventh straight Scudetto. Marco? Either? Napoli or Milan. Napoli or Milan, okay. Yeah, not Roma, for sure. Not Roma. <laughs> I'm, for me, it's, oh, for me it's Napoli. Yours is Napoli, okay. okay. Arjun? Oh, yeah, that's for, for me, it's Napoli. Okay, for me, for me, it's probably the desire, it's probably going to be UA itself and the desire to actually really uh, obsess over, over Champions League. Mm, that, might be the, that might be our undoing in the league. Because, I mean, if the players start taking it for granted, then it can be a cause of concern for me. I mean, apart from that, to be but then again, I'm the I'm the most optimistic of fans. I don't really acknowledge anyone else to be a challenge to us ever. But then again, it, it's 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 because I've always been that way as far as Juventus is concerned. So for me, the, it's going to be the the problem is going to be the mindset, and that that's it. I mean, if if we take it for granted, then we're going to lose. Otherwise. If you really want to talk about it objectively, then on paper, yes, it has to be Napoli because they've had a consistent team, they've had a consistent project, and they've invested a lot of money into it. And if they don't win it this year, then that project can be termed being unsuccessful. That's 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 my thinking. So so Napoli has the most to lose by not winning the league this year. Here's the thing, though, with with Napoli and with Roma, because they're in the Champions League, it's kind of even, you know, the battle with them. Mm-hmm. And Milan are in the Europa League, but the thing with Inter is they're not in Europe, so maybe you know, if they can somehow manage something right from now until the end of August, they could be a little bit of a threat of, of a threat for UV, and you know, they do have a DNA of winning, so. Honestly. Arjun, this way you're going to list out all the teams because <laughs> <laughs> because, because this, this way I think Atlanta should also be a cause of concern for us and all these teams. But bro, Ellis, but guys, come on, we got Cassano, Pazzini, and Cherchi. Yeah. <laughs> then what? They just got La Padula. How are they not? Look, that's so confirmed. Yeah, no, I don't mean to be. <laughs> I honestly think that at this point, Sampdoria have as much of a shot at winning the Scudetto as Inter. Boom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I mean, uh, it, Inter are called what? Pazzo? Pazzo for a reason. Because yep. Yeah, that's that's the thing with them, right? You know, they, if something's going, it's it's to be honest, it's actually with many Italian teams, not just Inter. If something's going good, you know, for them, and mm-hmm. something fails, they go, you know, they go from high levels of amazing quality football to really bad football. They have mm-hmm. the experience, this euphoria, which is which is crazy. It's not just Inter; it's sometimes even Milan, and especially the teams from the south, Napoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in a really negative position, I would say. I, I mean, I personally think, um, you know, let's not forget the importance of of playing once a week. You know, last two last two teams to win the Premier League uh, only played once a week: Chelsea and Leicester City. Um, Milan will be playing once a week. So, you know, Juventus. I, I definitely agree with you, Hyder, that they are going to be very preoccupied with 
winning that uh, winning the Champions League for uh, for Gianluigi Buffon. Um, but I think it is uh, it is interesting. You know, uh, I do think that this season, especially in the Champions League, uh, the main star of Juventus was not Iguain, not Bonucci, not Alexandro, but Massimiliano Allegri. So, you know, for me, the, the biggest, the biggest, the, the key, the, the route to success that I think they should take um, is just building around Allegri's wants, his desires. I really think that, you know, at this point, you could argue that he is the best coach in the world. Um, so for, for you, you know, how, how important is Allegri going to be um, in this next season? So, I mean, um, I think everyone, despite the fact that I love Conte more than probably any other manager in the world, the one, the, the, the furthest we went during Conte's reign was when Conte wasn't even on the bench. Mm. Right? Carrera was, Carrera was our manager for most of our Champions League campaign. He, I think Conte was just there for the Celtic games, if I'm not mistaken. Right? The, the one season that we went and lost to Bayern in the quarterfinals, right? So, yes, I definitely accept the fact and acknowledge the fact that Allegri has been the key catalyst in our progression from a team that was aspiring to be amongst the top eight in the world to being top four in the world, if, if not the top three, right? So that's, that's, that's something that I definitely give credit to Allegri. But then again, as I said uh, just a little while earlier, if is making noises suggesting that Conte, that Allegri has always wanted to coach abroad, or that Allegri would be interested in coaching a team in the Premier League, or the fact that you know Allegri is sort of like just going to see out his contract, and and the, the fact that Allegri is always sort of like being a yes man to the management, whichever management he's, he's worked for, all these things suggest that, yes, Allegri is going to handle everything on the pitch to his demands. The only way you can do that is if he says that he wants a winger who can also play as a supporting striker, then it's up to Marotta and company to, to then just find that sort of player. But Allegri isn't really going to go out and give his list of players that he wants. He's just going to ask for a type of player and the management. This is where, as Marco pointed out, this is where the balance actually works within Juventus, right? The coaches, the coach at least in this case, says that he wants these sort of players and then Paratici and everyone goes on and goes on a hunt to find those sort of players. So while yes, Allegri has been the MVP for Juventus as far as the Champions League is concerned over the past two years, I would still not lose track of the overall project. And the overall project is that no matter who comes in and replaces Allegri, you have a strong core which sustains Juventus at the highest level for the next six, seven years. Marco? Marco? I, I agree with that. I, and I, think, with that. Um, I think one um, of the reasons Conte did leave is because he was a type that said, listen, you got to buy me this, you got to buy me that. And uh, that's what I'm a believer of why Conte left Juventus. I think that Allegri has also, he was almost an opposite of Conte. Conte was a, let's do this, this, exactly this. 
and um, Allegri brought tranquility to the side. You know, a lot of the attackers said we put under Allegri. He gave them their goal while Conte, I was inside Conte's training sessions and he was like, you got to be here. This guy's got to be here. Um, you know, very tactical and precise uh, while Allegri brings a different flow to the team. And yeah, Allegri's been, been great. And like using, I think it was Conte's words who said winning is hard, but winning more, continuing to win is even harder. So that's credit to Allegri. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. And I think that um, there's not much you could say. As, as we started this discussion about talking about Bonucci and, you know, losing Bonucci and bashing the management, like we said about balance, you need to also take this into perspective. And not many teams are able to, to lose such an important figure in Antonio Conte and then get someone who even takes them to the next level with Massimiliano Allegri. So while the management is great, they do have their flaws. And I think that we need to look at that as, a, as an idea too. That, that, that is well, let, let, rewind. Uh, Antonio Conte leaves over um, a dispute that that Juve would not buy him. Juan Aturbe, is that correct? I thought it was Cuadrado, but I, I don't remember for sure. It was Cuadrado. It was Cuadrado. It was Cuadrado. Okay. It was even Di Maria, I think, even even with him. Any one of those guys, uh, nowhere near as valuable as Leonardo Bonucci. So, uh, you know, and he had that kind of all-is-lost moment, uh, whether it was, you know, Di Maria or Cuadrado or Iturbe. Um, and, and now they're buying, well, they've bought Douglas Costa, who's a, a better player than all three of them, in my opinion. Um, and, and at the but same if, point, if, you, if you want to draw similar comparisons, Zach, then, then um, Allegri got, I mean, let's just, let's just assume that it was Allegri who made the call that he did not want Bonucci in the dressing room, right? Let's just assume that for, for, for a second. Sure. He made a call on a certain Alessandro Del Piero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also made a call on Del Piero. I mean, he also wanted his, his locker room to be intact. And, you, and yes, okay, Del Piero was 36, 37 when he left. But you also need to keep in mind that when Del Piero was still playing, your first choice striker was with Matri. Yeah. So, so Del Piero could have, I mean, theoretically, still played on for one more year. Mm-hmm. That whole so, I mean, the Del man Piero saga. Yeah, yeah. It, it hurts me a lot. Of course it does. I mean, I, I, I've been saying this a lot because I think it was stupid to let him go that year. Not not because of you know what he added as a starter, but we suffered a lot for the next two seasons in Europe without him because we didn't have players that were used to playing at, at a top level in Europe. We go and we play Bayern Munich. We didn't know what to do. And Conte himself was inexperienced. With Allegri, it was a different case, you know, because he was actually experienced in Europe. He had you know he had done great things with Milan. Of course, you know he didn't win, but compared to the squad that he had. He beat Barcelona. He beat even Real Madrid. So, I mean, he, he, did, he did pretty good things. And then the transition to Juventus was something else because he had quality to work with. He just had to give enthusiasm and confidence, which isn't the easiest always because, you know, Champions League is, is a weird tournament because it just takes something to click and then you, you kick and, off. And, and, I mean, you need to have luck on your side as well. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a given. 
people say that people it's now sounds like a cliche but it's true i mean you need you need to have a bit of luck on your side uh i just have one question from all from all of you from arjun and from marco as well what what acquisition right now is going to soften the blow for you as far as benucci's departure is concerned it doesn't necessarily have to be a defender out of this spot all right, all right, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, you were saying something, Zach? No, 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 I was saying, Marco, if you even think about saying Verratti, I will. That's what I'm saying. It's Verratti, man. <laughs> That's listen. the only guy, bro. I'm telling you, listen, man, I interviewed him. He's a Juve fan. It's wow. time. You remember that hashtag? It's time. It was all about Verratti. Uh, that's the guy. That's the guy. You buy Verratti. I'll forget about this a little bit. Yeah, man. Look, you know, I want Scarlett Johansson as my fiance too. We can't all, we can't all have nice things. Um, hi there, Arjun. Who's your, who's your realistic dream signing that could uh, totally soften this blow? I don't know if, if there's a player on the market, you know, right now that's gonna soften the blow for Bonucci. But you know, again, it, it depends because if this is something that the club has orchestrated, they studied it. And they wanted the Bonucci thing to play out like this so that they can kick him out. Mm-hmm. Then it, it isn't a blow to them, you know. So they're not going to sign someone just to appease the fans because they already, they already did that with Douglas Costa and they're keeping Alexandro. They're going to renew him. So they're not going to just put up, throw in another player. But, but from what I know, because I, I've actually spoken to some people that, that know people like UVA's offices, Say Pjanic, they worked on him for one year, one and a half years, and then they got his. You know, then they went, they swooped in and got him. So you know, we like I, I understand. You know that emotionally, Bonucci is a pretty hard thing to take, but maybe it's a thing that you know that they've orchestrated all around. From what I see, Juventus from acquiring, I think Bernardeschi is the most realistic option because considering Orsolini went on loan to Atlanta is a kind of a signal, you know. So I think he can be closed. In some ways, it doesn't exactly soften the blow, but, you know, you're ripping off Fiorentina of their star. And Juve and Fiorentina aren't exactly on great terms. So in some ways, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that would soften it, but it would at least give some optimism. Do you know what's going to soften the blow for me? Buy Donnarumma and give him on loan to Villa ah, for a year. Let's do it. That's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. Can I ask? You, you know, that, that may happen next year. Let, let, let me, let me because... add to that. Donnarumma and Verratti. We'll forget about the, the Bonucci situation. <laughs> we'll, we'll even forgive the management for the Del Piero episode. Oh, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. A little too much. <laughs> do you do you guys really think that Verratti is going to leave Paris? I think he yeah. wants to leave. I think I think he'd leave for either Barca or Juventus. I just think that Nasser Al Khalafi, um, bad man, bad man. You've been so positive until we've gone to the Verratti situation, and then you're <laughs> like, he's got to come to Barca. No, 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 but like, look, um. You know, with all due respect to my PSG viewers right now, uh, we really just like 
we we kind of just defenestrated. I don't even know the right word. Um, we like emasculated Paris Saint Germain uh, hmm. this year. I guess that's the right word. Um, yeah. No, look, we beat them what 2013 with uh, a zombie Messi, if you recall. Um, we beat we get we get the first uh, place in the group stage back in in 2014, and then we beat them in 2015, and then. Uh, you know, PSG totally destroyed Barcelona and then, you know, have the all is lost moment and now Barcelona come on and they beat them 6-1, the greatest comeback of all time and yet to still act like the big man and, like, not not, not let Verratti go. You know, I mean, I guess I respect that from a business perspective, but it's just kind of, I don't know, it's unfair. We we deserve them, baby. We deserve... We deserve Wait, them. I... But let's look at this objectively. Let's look at this objectively. Um, a few years ago, when they bought Thiago Silva, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and all these, you know, when PSG became the PSG that we recognize right now, everything was... So what they sold to all the players was the project, right? And the project was that they want to get the Champions League. They want to win the Champions League, and they want to be there consistently, Right. Now, the problem is that, okay, so Zlatan left last year. They didn't go for a major signing, right? Who was their, who was their biggest signing? I think Draxler was pretty much the biggest signing for keeping PSC Virati. last year. Virati has, well, yeah, keeping Virati was their biggest signing. So yeah. this time around, if you look at it objectively, the reason why I feel that they will do whatever they can to keep hold of Virati is that if they end up selling him, that sends a very, very wrong message. So that's so if they're if they're trying to play the big man on Virati, that's the only reason. Because the moment you sell your biggest player right now, because he is their biggest player now, the moment you sell him, that means that you're giving you're telling everyone else that this is the end of our project. Especially now when you made all the right noises for Obama Yang and just ended up saying, no, we don't want him now. But, you know, I would argue that, um, look, Buffon will probably retire next summer. Bonucci, already gone. Barzali, uh, Cellini, aging. Alves has already left. Um, if, if Juve uh, sell Dybala, I, I really do believe that that would be uh, the same thing as PSG selling Verratti. You, you agree? Or, I mean, because like, I, I do think there is a good chance after, after the World Cup, um, especially if, you know, Paulo Dybala has an incredible World Cup, uh, helps, helps them win it finally. Um, and, I mean, I, I could definitely see Barcelona just, you know, splurging, I don't know, $150 million on Paulo Dybala. I mean... If if that happens, if if we're if we're discussing this um, exactly a year from now on what July July fourteenth, twenty eighteen, and Juventus and and Paulo Dybala is no longer a Juventus player, where do you go from now? Do you, do you just blow up the blueprint or what? They're gonna send Mbappe before they before they sell Dybala. Wishful thinking. I like it. <laughs> By, by the way, I, I love the fact how every single player who's been sold in that hypothesis goes to Barcelona. <laughs> of, course. of course. Of course. Of course. 
So everyone there goes to Barcelona. No, but 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 I do agree with you to some extent. Yes, I mean sending selling um selling Dybala gives a very wrong message, and it's it it is sort of equivalent to selling Verati. But then again, a week ago, I would have said the same thing about selling Bonucci. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but that's my question. I mean, look, uh, you know, you got Alves leaving after a year. Uh, Bonucci leaving out of really out of out of nowhere um, for you as as the fans as the Bianconeri nation um, are, are you still going to be Team Morata if that happens? I mean, he has done extraordinary things, right? On an executive <laughs> on an executive level. For I mean, it's the thing that's ultimately you know what happens on the pitch that is what keeps the fans happy. You know, Mercato moves, they keep happening here and there. And they've always been happening. But at the end of the day, if Juventus win the Scudetto again, the fans are happy. If Juventus do well in the Champions League, maybe win the Champions League, the fans are ecstatic. But if we don't win the Scudetto or the Coppa or, you know, we struggle in the Champions League, then there are going to be some serious, serious questions. Because because the, the way they played out this Bonucci sale too, hasn't really like the fans are really angry because yesterday the season tickets they got sold out and today Bonucci is officially gone. I know some people who are giving back their tickets too, their season tickets because of what happened. And I don't know if like the other thing is they also cancelled the trip to Mexico. So they've done some pretty I wouldn't say bad things but moves that are that have really pissed off fans. Yeah, but then again, I mean, um, all of this still can't wash away everything that the management has done for the past yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. seven years. So, I mean, so as far as being team uh, Marotta is concerned, yes, I think all of us are still team Marotta because we're team Juve. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. However, one thing which this management keeps on disappointing us consistently is that they suck big time when it comes to selling players. Oh. And, and that's just something that needs to... Something has to happen as far as that is concerned. Uh, honestly, the only you know, reason why you were... I think the only reason why you were able to get uh, a, a record transfer fee for Pogba was because Rayola was also involved there. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise... Yeah, they would have sold him for 40 million. I mean, if it was up to you. Uh, honestly? I mean, again... Bonucci for 40 million doesn't make sense. Honestly, you know, like if you, for me, if you remove, if you exclude the Bonucci sale, apart from that, for me, in the past two seasons, Marota has actually done an amazing job selling. You know, like many people may argue about the Vidal sale and the money that he got. But for me, more than the money that you get, it's the payment module that matters more. And that's actually what goes on to the books. More than like you can get 60 million, and if that's payable over seven or eight years, that's not going to be that important for you to invest into next season's mercato. But if you receive it in 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 this summer or next summer, it's easier for you to cross certain limits and spend elsewhere. Like for example, the Vidal, we got like 37 million for Vidal, and that money is actually been paid off on the books. Of course, you know, some people may say you could have got 60. But the risk of asking 60 million is that 
clubs are not going to be open to pay that over two years, especially on a player that's first of all he's a midfielder, so he doesn't guarantee numbers. Second of all, he's 28 years old, and third of all, he has just two years on his contract. You know, these are things that matter a lot. But it's just so bizarre for me because you know I have always believed that. Um, I believe that back in last summer and and two summers ago, if if, if Pogba, you know, you can leave Pogba, you can you can let Pogba leave. That's fine. Uh, but Bonucci, I feel like he he should have left for more money. I mean, you know, Bonucci is the one guy I felt should be transferable. Um, and I just it's just bizarre to me, honestly, to see. Kyle Walker leaving for what, like fifty something million? You know, I, I PL clubs have so much money, and they're naturally going to have to spend more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, is exactly what the reports were suggesting that Juventus are going to seek fifty to sixty million euros for him, and then we see that he goes for forty. Like either this is something that's for, for a fan, you know, it's very hard to understand this move that's occurred. You know, it came out of the, out of the blue. It took us by surprise, and the money that's on the table. Isn't that much, and we're pretty much strengthening an opponent that can endanger our bid to win the Scudetto in the next two or three seasons. It's quite similar to buying Perlo. The only difference is money is involved this time around. Yeah, and also the, the I think a big difference is Bonucci is still in the prime of his career. Uh, Perlo was considered by Max Allegri to be one. Goods. Um, so that's that's why he's. Uh, I but but honestly, to you know, in all seriousness, I don't think Bonucci is a kind of a like a Pirlo player. I don't like he is he has influence, but he doesn't have that much influence. Like, personally, for me, I was like, oh, I was I, I was thanking the heavens. And if you if you listen to or if you see what Juventus players thought about it, like Buffon says. Buffon says this that when he saw Pirlo coming into Vinovo to have his medical, he was like, I actually believe that there's a God. Pirlo, Pirlo pretty much, I mean, I think there are only three or four players in, Juvent- in Juventus history that changed the entire, they, they shifted the balance of power from one team to another. And Pirlo is actually one of those four players. And the other three players, were before 1960s. So that should mean a lot. But at the same time, Bonucci could have that same effect for Milan. You know, we, we have to... I mean, if, if Milan end up winning the league, then it is going to be the biggest transfer that they've done in recent years and the biggest uh, blunder made by Juventus management in recent years. I mean, last the last blunder people consider Juventus to have made was letting go of Thierry Henry, but Thierry Henry at that point in time wasn't the Thierry Henry we got to know later on. So that's still not that's still not marked under Juventus blunders, right? But this time around, it would be. But then again, as as Marco said, we also have to look at it from the perspective of the player. If, it's, if there are family reasons for this, definitely money is a reason there. Then I mean, come on! You have you can't sort of like be you can't hold this against the management and against Bonucci as well. See, this is what happens when you've had time to process it, 
and then acceptance comes around. So now I'm sort of like in the phase where I'm accepting this decision now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just one more question. Um, what, are your ex what are your expectations for next season? For this season? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything short of winning the league is going to be considered a failure. Um, so that definitely, as far as the league is concerned, that's going to be the, um, the minimum point for us. As far as Champions League is concerned, it's, it's pretty much the same as far as all other teams are concerned. It's top eight at least. Hello? Are we good? Yeah. Welcome back, Marco. Hey. Marco. So for me... Yeah, I lost you guys. Yeah, for me, anything short of winning the league is, is, a, is a total disaster. And if for me, we have to reach the semi-finals of the Champions League. That's the minimum objective for me. Copa final would do, I think. Winning it would be amazing, but it's hard, you know, to consider that winning four Copa in a row that would be truly legendary. Kind of evaluate also the the sense mentality that goes with winning uh, Buffon his Champions League that that he so deserves before he retires versus. Uh, prioritizing Syria to make sure that you know Milan does not grab the uh, the power in Italy does not does not get to the throne. You know um, that that's going to be a very tough decision. That um, you know because I really think that in the past few years I would say maybe since uh, twenty fifteen winning the league for in in Italy uh, for Juve was pretty much a formality. Now, I really don't think it is, especially with Milan building this incredible squad and only having to play once a week. Um, that's going to be very tough. Um, Marco, what are your expectations? No, I think that the expectations of Juventus is always to win and, and to win everything. I mean, you know, when you get to the Champions League, you want to go as far as you can. Uh, and winning is never guaranteed, like you guys said. You know, buying, spending money doesn't mean you're going to win the Champions League. Uh, but definitely the Scudetto is still – I still think that there's a level ahead of Juventus from everyone else. So so winning winning in everything that they do. And if they win seven, be the first time ever again. So yeah. definitely priority. Yeah, it's and again, Leon's folks, record, I think, if I'm not wrong. They've they won seven league titles in a row. And I think that's the European record, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, that is. No, I mean, that makes sense. But then again – um, lose as as Marco pointed out, as Arjun pointed out, you know, not winning the league is definitely going to be termed as a failure. However, my expectations from the Champions League are are, are different to what Arjun said. Arjun said that for him, not reaching the semi final is going to be a problem. For me, again, it's going to be reaching the last eight and then play as if you have nothing to lose. Because let's be honest, once you reach that phase. The luck of the draw has uh, has a role in it. Apart from that, you know, one off night can still be uh, managed. Who you're up against, what form the other team is in, what is the injury situation. Then those things go beyond your control. So for me, again, quarterfinals plus Serie A and frankly speaking, Coppa, 
even if you play your second string team and lose the copa it's not going to be that much of a problem to me but as a juventus fan you want your team to win every competition that they take part in very good point well, uh it's been a great great conversation with you guys thank you so much for coming on uh arjun prandeep uh you could check out grazie one of the most knowledgeable you vacant on twitter that's for sure thank you arjun grazie haider uh, zar my favorite ptv sports commentator um <laughs> And a great Juve fan as well. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. The pleasure was all mine. It, it was really fun. In fact, we should do this more often. We really should. I'd love to. Maybe uh, in a year from now or six months when Dybala has signed the pre-contract. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Marco Messina, um, the creator of one of the best, uh, you know, projects on. Uh, on, on the internet right now about about Italian football. Make sure to check out Italian Football TV. Thank you so much, Marco, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, make sure to uh, follow us on YouTube and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, it's been a great podcast. See you guys later.